Welcome and thank you for joining Save Our Sisters Unplugged. If you're ready to hear the survival to success stories of brave and intelligent women, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be letting our hair down and gaining insight into how women have overcome their life struggles. My name is Noreen Foy and I'll be your host. Now let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Save Our Sisters Unplugged podcast. Today's beautiful guest is the co-host of the Happy Edit podcast, a certified mindfulness coach, an experienced yoga teacher, and a yoga therapist in training. She empowers women professionals, small business owners, and high achievers to leave burnout and stress in the ashes while they achieve balance, clarity, and creativity in their work and daily life. Here to share how her struggles with stress and anxiety led her to be a burnout coach, it is my pleasure to introduce Mrs. Tess Jewel Lawson. Welcome, girly. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited to be here with you and to be a part of this podcast and just community that you're creating. It's just such a wonderful space. Oh, you're welcome. You know, I love having people on that have high energy and great vibes. And, you know, it kind of just helps me stay centered, so to speak. Yeah, it's, it's good to be surrounded by people that, you know, give you the energy, but also the grounding at the same time. It's not like too much and it's not too low. It's just that exactly. nice balance. Like the three little bears and Goldilocks is just right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. I am so excited to speak with you today because ever since our conversation, I was like, man, I've been burned out. And I, you know, <laughs> I've been conscious of what is really making me burn out. So I'm not going to keep you too long. We're going to go ahead and dive in because I know it's almost dinner time there in Spain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's getting there. <laughs> we eat later here. <laughs> oh, you do? Yeah. Yeah. So like early dinner is like eight early. That's early an dinner. early dinner. Yeah. Oh, wow. Early dinner is like five o'clock here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I know. Um, but no. Yeah. So we're used to eating in Spanish time. So um, I think we tend to eat around 930 um, on average. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is definitely late. <laughs> that is yeah. definitely late. At 9.30, I'm looking for my last cup of tea of the evening to wind me down. And I'm looking for maybe a sound bath to lull me to sleep. <laughs> or yeah, help give me, me like meditate. an hour and a half after that. And then that's me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, let's go ahead and get started. And I want to take you back to the beginning when all was well with the world. What was young Tess like? Oh, young Tess was very adventurous and had a mind full of just big imagination. Um, so I grew up on a farm in Oregon. Um, and so young Tess would just explore the grounds of the farm, inventing stories, um, running from puddle to puddle. <laughs> <laughs> jumping in them and just yeah just singing my heart's way um I was very much into singing as loud as possible I'm sure all of our <laughs> neighbors loved it <laughs> well I think all kids at that age do everything loudly so <laughs> I think they yeah should be over it yeah I mean thankfully you know there's a little bit of land there so hopefully there was a little bit more space and it wasn't right. like just in their backyard but yeah um climbing trees um 
Yeah. A lot of time outside, very little time inside. That was kind of, our parents were like, yes, just go out, spend our time outside. So whenever we'd meet up with our friends, it was like, all right, let's go explore outside. So you were born in Oregon then? Yeah, I was born in, in Oregon. Yeah. Okay. How did you end up in Spain? Well, when I was nine, um, my dad got a job in Barcelona. So we moved to Barcelona when I was nine and we were there for three and some years. Um, then we went back to the U.S. Um, and I never fully readjusted because I was so young when we moved to Spain. I always kind of, yeah, I just had a different view of the world. I wasn't small town farm girl anymore. I was very, you know, I'm not going to say I was a city girl either. I was just kind of a right. mixture of lots of different things. And so um, then when I was in my last year at high school, I went to Japan, um, was there for six months. I loved it. It was amazing, amazing experience. Lived with the horse family there. Went back to the US, went to university. Um, and I was like, nah, this is not my place. <laughs> <laughs> so I came back to Spain, but not to Barcelona. Um, I came up north where I'm now in uh, the region called Asturias. Um, and it's a lively like combination of Oregon, very green, mountainous, there's ocean, but then also Hannah has that mixture of like the Spanish culture that I grew up with in Barcelona. So it's this kind of really lovely mixture of my two homes when I was a kid. Oh, that's amazing. That's an amazing opportunity to be born in Oregon and then move all the way to Spain. Like all of the cultural differences and cultural norms that you're used to is now plain slate. We're all Spanish now. And I'm sure you speak the language. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. <laughs> How long did it take you to learn that? Um. Well, when we moved here, when I was nine, like as a kid, you pick up things quite quickly. Um, I went to an American international school, so I didn't go to a Spanish school. But, you know, most of my friends were from the area. So, you know, they would speak either Spanish or Catalan at home, which is the language in Catalonia where Barcelona is. And obviously I had to study it at school. So like I had that as a kid. I had the ear for it. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I came back, um, my second Let's see. My third year of university, I came to study for the academic year to like remember my Spanish again and it perfect it. Right. Um, and I'll admit that, you know, when you get a Spanish boyfriend, you tend to learn the language a little bit better. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> um, and I like I really kind of dove into it. So I was like, no, I'm here to like remember my Spanish. I'm here to be, really connect with the culture. And um, so I didn't really spend any time with people from the US or that were English speakers until I met my now husband, um, which was 10 years ago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 11, 11. I was like, oh my gosh, what happened long? It's 11. Oh my God. Oh, Tess. Wow. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> that is so funny. Normally it's the guy is like, uh... <laughs> we're both like that. We know each other well. We're like, it's my mom that sends us like the, you know, like, Happy anniversary. We're like, oh yeah, it's our anniversary. <laughs> People are like, should we be doing something? <laughs> should we be celebrating? We just take each day and enjoy the day. You know, I think that for both of us, that's what's important. I think so as well. I mean, being present is definitely very important. Now in assist chat, you mentioned having stress and anxiety at a young age. What can you share about your personal experience of growing up with that? And how has it impacted your childhood and your teenage years? So my first, um, let's call it a panic attack, was when I was like two or three. Um, wow. And my dad 
this is my dad's story. I don't really remember it, right? I was quite young. Um, but my dad found me in my room. Like they couldn't find me for a while. So they were like searching around the house, like where Tesco? They, he finds me in my room and I'm sat there like next to my bed, just bawling my eyes out and just like sobbing and like just couldn't breathe. And he was like, what happened? You know, like, did your brothers do something? Like I have two older brothers, uh, you know, what happened? Like, I was like, no, no. And then like, eventually I calmed down enough. He got me calmed down enough that he was like, so what's, you know, what's causing this? And <laughs> I, um, I was really distraught because in my two, three-year-old mind, you know, when I, in the future, I was going to be a veterinarian and I was going to have lots of horses under my care. Um, but I was also going to be a country Western singer. Okay. And I was just so distraught. Cause I was like, how am I going to go on tour as a country Western singer when I have all these sick horses that I have to take care of, you know, the sick horses are going to be ill. And like, I was just like, how is that going to happen? You know, I can't You're do really stressed out about it. <laughs> And my dad was like, oh boy, <laughs> she's going to have some hard times in the future. Um, Yeah. You know, so thankfully, you know, he like talked me down. He's like, you know, like when you get to that point, if you are a country Western singer and a vet, like you can hire people to take care of the horses when you're gone, you know? And I was like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. I can get help. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> perspective. Perspective. Perspective, you know? But yeah, so this is, you know, this is my life growing up as I've always been very much in my head of like, what's going to happen in the future, right? And how can I control those things that um, may or may not happen, but to me are definitely going to happen, right? Or, you know, how can I make sure that they don't happen? Or how can I support those that need me to support them? But then also I would like over the years, I kind of went back into like the past as well. Like, oh, I can't believe I said that. Like, what are they going to think about me? Or I did that thing, you know? So it was very, I didn't know how to be in the present. I was very much either in the future or in the past. And both things just stressed me out. Um, I was always in my head. Like I said, like I was always making up stories, right? Like I was always in my head. I was always inventing things. My imagination was brilliant. It still is okay. It's not as good as it used to be, but like, yes. And sometimes um it just got out of hand um, and I didn't know how to pull myself back in. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I found though is because I spent all this time outside growing up, like when I went outside, when I was connecting with the natural world, that's actually when I was like starting to feel more grounded, more relaxed. I was able to kind of leave those thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. um, and really, yeah, connect with something else that wasn't just my thoughts. Um, and so when we moved to Spain, obviously we lived in Barcelona, you know, we lived in a big city. We didn't live out in the country. So it wasn't quite the same, you know, just being able to go in the backyard and go down to the Creek and like play in the water. Yeah. Right. Like I had to figure out another way to do it. Um, so I would go out into the park, like there's a lovely little park behind our house. And so I'd walk in the trees in the park and there was like a little hill up above and I could just sit there under the trees on the hill and just kind of look out over, over the city. And that was just, that was my happy place. That was like my spot where I would go to just ground. And at the time, you know, I didn't think anything about it. I was like, okay, this is how I support myself, right? Like right, right. I'm connecting with something. I know, like, I know that going outside is helping me. I know like going, connecting with the trees is helping me, but I didn't really like now with, through my studies and like, oh, 
you know, there's a lot of research that goes, you know, when you go outside into nature, this is actually really good for you, right? Like it helps reduce cortisol levels and it helps you like feel more grounded and um, can help you focus, sleep better, all of these wonderful things. But at the time I didn't know that I was just like, that's just what my body did naturally. So when we moved back to the US, as I said earlier, like I didn't ever really feel connected again, living in the US. It wasn't my place. And don't get me wrong. I love it. I love Oregon. I love my family. I love my friends there. Um, and I had a wonderful childhood and teenage years. I'm not saying I didn't, but it never felt like home again in right. the aspect of this is where I need to be. Right. And that caused a lot of stress. And, you know, I had many struggles with anxiety because of it. And I would, you know, go and long walks in the forest behind my parents' house. And that was like my happy place again. That's awesome. Um, That's awesome. And then, you know, over the years, like I've just been able to, um, you still connect with that. But then because of my studies and more burnout and uh, anxious episodes in my life, like I have decided that I really needed to figure out how, you know, I can't just always go outside, right? Like I need to right. figure out there's, there has to be tools that I have um, in me so what are they? And so like one of those things was I, you know, I started doing yoga at the beginning. I did not like yoga. It was not, I didn't connect <laughs> with it. Um, so for anyone that's listening and they're like, oh yeah, yoga, everyone says that yoga is good for stress and anxiety. It is, but meet yourself where you are and find a teacher that like you connect with in that moment. Absolutely. You know, um, my first connection in yoga was not with a teacher that I connected with. Um, and I was like, what is this? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and so it took me a while to get to that point. But there was something about it, like something inside of me was like, yes, this is good, but I don't like it. You know, like, mm -hmm. so I kept kind of coming back. I kept kind of coming back to it. And then little by little, I was like, okay, no, yeah, I like it. Maybe I like it. Maybe I like it a little <laughs> bit more. Maybe I like it a lot more. Um, and then in 2019, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go out and I'm going to study to become a yoga teacher because I you know, I want to dive into this a little bit more. Um, so I went to India, trained on an ashram outside of Mysore. And um, yeah, I never thought I was I'm not going to say I never thought that I would teach it, but I wasn't sure I was ever going to use it. You know, I was like, you know what, this is something that I want to do for me. Um, I want to gain from it for my own tools. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm so glad that I did. Uh, because in 2020, like, so over this whole period of time, starting in 2014, Teen, maybe 2014 2015 I started working in a job that you know it was great it paid the bills I liked my colleagues but it was not what I wanted to be doing right um and I like kind of went back into these episodes of anxiety again and I really became disconnected with myself like more than I had been and I think that's why I wanted to go to India, go to the ashram, because I was like something inside of me was like I need a change right I need to do something different because I know that I'm not doing okay but that wasn't like a conscious thing right? right it was very very much a subconscious like something needs to change I don't know what it is I'm gonna go to India and see if I can figure it out you know eat pray love style um <laughs> well why an ashram opposed to a traditional healthcare professional um I was feeling connected with my yoga practice and it was just something that I was like you know I just want to dive into it I want to learn a little bit about it more okay um and once again, it, this isn't me consciously going into it, going, my mental health isn't good. Like at the time I was like, yeah, I've always struggled with anxiety. Like 
you know, things are a bit stressful. <laughs> That's just life. It's normal that I'm ending up on the kitchen floor sobbing my eyes out like <laughs> more than once a month. You know, like it's totally normal that I can't sleep at night. Like, isn't everyone dealing with this? Like, obviously. <laughs> I was definitely you know, dealing with it. I definitely yes. was. And I think, you know, you just kind of go, well, this is the life I have. So I'm just going to push through it. And you don't always think of, actually, it's not the life I need to be living. You know, I can make differences. And that doesn't necessarily mean quitting your job. Like in the end, I ended up quitting my job. Because mm-hmm. um, in 2020, after COVID hit, I got way worse. Um, and like, just, I fell apart. Mentally, I fell apart. Physically, my relationship with my husband was strained. Um, I needed to do something different. Like um, a reset. I needed a reset. That's exactly what I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we had the conversation, my husband and I, and we decided like, this is the best thing for me. I'm going to quit my job. Um, it may be not the best thing um, financially for both of us. He is a touring actor, um, which is really cool. But in the middle of a pandemic, not so cool right uh, cuz he couldn't work so financially not the best thing for me to be quitting my job but i needed to do it i needed that reset because i knew if i didn't things were going to get a lot uglier and it was already really ugly like i said i was falling apart mentally and that's good that you physically. were able to identify the moment that you were like i really need to stop to fix that's really good cuz some people just blow up yeah well there was a blow up my Uh-oh. I injured myself to the point I couldn't move like I oh I, <laughs> I was it wasn't good um and yeah so you know I finished my contract I got to the end of the contract and um I was like okay that's me and Am I was I? like I'm gonna teach yoga <laughs> yeah. um and you know at the beginning it was like okay I'm, yeah I'm just gonna teach yoga and I'm gonna train I'm gonna do other things on the side for me things I've always wanted to do but didn't know I wanted to do them, right? So I dove into like understanding, well, first off, um, trying to figure out how to get my body back so I can move again. So like studied yoga for pelvic health. Um, and then like, I was like, yeah, you know, there's a lot of mental stuff going on here. Like, okay, mm-hmm. like mental health and aware yoga. Um, oh, mindfulness. Yeah, let's dive into mindfulness coaching. And so like all of these different things and trauma informed. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on there that I didn't really think about before, but I need to sort that out for me. And then all of those things, like I started sort of sharing them with my students. I started sharing it with my family and friends. And it was amazing because like, this is something I was learning for myself, but because I was sharing it with other people, they were also gaining from it. And they're like, oh, Tess, this is really good. Like, can you tell me more about this? Or, you know, hey, like you told us about this. So I took it into my own life and it's incredible the difference that it's made. Or, you know, like just these little ripples that were going out from me that were like helping others. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is what I should be doing. You found your calling. I found my calling. I found my calling. So I was like, you know what? This is what I want to focus on. I want to focus on stress and burnout. And I was like, you know what? And the best way, for me to continue to learn and do that um, is to like train to become a yoga therapist. So that's why I started that um, somatic healing. I'm also training in that, you know, so it's like, I'm trying to combine it all like the coaching, the yoga therapy, yoga, um, and just really helping others meet themselves where they are. So a lot of times, you know, when we think of yoga in the Western world, we think of like just doing these poses on a map, <laughs> which right. yes, there is definitely that. There's also a lot of breath work. But the whole point of yoga is to 
feel more connected to yourself and to really learn about yourself and to meet yourself with compassion and love. Um, and then to be able to share that with the world around you. Um, I agree. And so, you know, that's, yeah, you know what? This is yeah. like, I've gone through all these things. I've learned so much because of it. And I don't regret anything. And I want to put that out there that like a lot of times we look back and we go, oh, why did I do that? You know, that was silly. Like, oh, how could have I let myself get to that point? You know? Yeah. Looking about it now with the gaze I have now, fine. But at the time, as I said, I was so disconnected. I was just like, yeah, that's normal. You know, yeah. like I didn't put like the two and 400 together. <laughs> <laughs> this was actually an issue and I can change it. Um, and so, you know, I, I now want to make that difference in someone else's life that's to tell them, you know, you don't have to go through that. You don't have to do that. I went through it and let me help you to not. I love that. I love that about you. And it seems like, you know, your life struggles definitely did help you transition into the burnout coach you are today. So what does your burnout to rebirth program entail? So it, it very much entails of meeting yourself where you are and starting off from the very beginning of like, how am I right now? Mm-hmm. And looking at the good, the bad and the ugly, you know, <laughs> all of it. And but without judgment. Right. And it's just like putting it out there in front of you, like, you know, what's going on with me right now? And then also talking about where do I want to be? And really looking at like one of the things I have my, all my clients do at the very beginning is like sit down and like write out, take some time with this to really write out what your dream day looks like. Okay. And not just on like a, oh, I'd like to, you know, wake up in this beautiful place <laughs> and do this wonderful thing. But like, how do you feel? So in each of these things, how do you feel inside? And I think that this is a really important part because in our culture, in our lifestyle, we become very disconnected with ourselves um, and we don't feel right. Um, because a lot of times it's scary. It's scary to feel. And I think that was some of my issue with the yoga at the beginning is like I started tuning into things that I was like, oh, that's scary. I don't want to I don't want to deal with that, you know. Um, <laughs> so like, you know, just to really set out, like, how do you want to feel in those moments? You know, like, yes, okay, fine. Maybe you have this wonderful day, but how do you feel during that wonderful day physically? How do you feel during that wonderful day mentally, emotionally, spiritually? Like looking at it from a holistic point of view, right? So you force them to go deep. Oh yeah. Yeah, because you have to. But the thing is as well, like this isn't written in stone then, right? It's like, okay, this is what you look at now. And then we start to build in, okay, so here are the things you're struggling with. Here's, you know, like your dream day and very much focusing on the physical, like, how am I feeling these things, right? Like, I'm not a therapist. I'm very clear with this. Like, I work with some wonderful therapists, one of them who happens to be the co-host on the Happy Edit. Um, (laughs) And, you know, like, if I'm working with a person, I'm like, you know what? Like, I really think that, like, you could do with going into the story of things, like, please go work with a therapist. I'm happy to work alongside them. Um, or maybe just focusing on that first and then coming back to me. Like I'm very much like to stay within my realm. I don't Your want mm-hmm. to, you know, to be like, oh, I can do everything because I can and I don't want to. <laughs> no, I want to no, do what I'm good That'll at. get you burned out. Because <laughs> that, that'll burn me out too. And I, we want to keep everyone in a balance, right? Um, and, so, you know, like, how do you feel on these things? So, okay, you're struggling with this thing. How is it making you feel? Where do you feel it in your body, right? And then how can we give you tools to help you 
find your balance. So if you're really up here, like a lot of times I was and still can be, I'm going to be very honest. Like this is a journey. (laughs) I'm not perfect by any means. Um, If you're really up here, you know, we need to work on helping you come back. If you're down here, if you're exhausted and in that dorsal response, right, you can't do anything, then you need to come a little bit back up, right? right? And it's, as I say, it's a journey. So it's not like every day you're going to be here. Like you're going to notice, okay, I'm up here. All right. How can I come back down a little bit? I'm down here. How can I come back up? And it's finding that way is we don't do these big jumps, right? It's staying sort of in that, that sort of nice, nice gradual transition to center, so to speak. Exactly. Exactly. And so it's like giving you the tools to help meet you where you are, you know, so it's practicing those things together. You know, it's every day, like really looking in and saying, okay, well, not every day, but you know, you every day with me once a week. (laughs) Um, And then I'm also here, you know, to support you throughout it, but like, you know, um, very like boundaries. I like to keep boundaries as well, you know, and I think it's important that we all have boundaries. I, I um, do think that's very important that we all have boundaries. <laughs> um, but, you know, and so it's that it's working with those. Like a starting to pinpoint what are our triggers? What are the messengers that we have that bring up these things, whether it's a limiting belief, whether it's, you know, because a lot of the times when we go into that stress response, it comes from a limiting belief that we might have. Right. Like. Maybe, you know, you don't feel like you're worthy of doing something. So you're like, you're going up here and then you're going to your head and you're like, oh, well, I can't do it because of this, this, and this. And what if this goes wrong? What if that goes wrong? Right. So it's like, okay, like what brought that up? Okay. How can we reframe that to start to unpick and let it go? Right. And forgive ourselves for buying into it at the beginning as well. You know, like it's no one's fault, like because of our experiences that we have in our life, because of our interactions with people, because of everything that goes on, you know, if you think of yourself like an onion, you know, all these things kind of like go on top. And then, so Mm -hmm. it's like little by little unpeeling those things that are coming up and saying, okay, well, why is that being brought up? Um, and then what can I do to start releasing it? Um, and so it's, you know, it's a process, it's a journey. Um, and you know, one of the things I like to do to bring into my sessions as well is something called yoga nidra, which is um, a guided awareness. And for those of you who don't know, it's like a meditation, um, but it gets you to a state that um, it's like you're in a deep sleep state, but it's a receptive deep sleep state. Oh, that and sounds so it, interesting. It's fascinating and it's so good. Um, and so little by little, when you get into this state, you know, A, you're resting. It's mm-hmm. amazing for your body to rest and just to heal through that rest, right? B, like we can start to unpick these limiting beliefs that we're holding subconsciously and using tools to kind of go like working with the opposite to start to neutralize them on a, you know, mental level as well. So we're releasing it from the body physically. We're starting to work on it mentally, but without having to go into the story of it. Um, And so it's a beautiful, beautiful practice. Um, So like I like to mix all these different things in from the coaching, from yoga from yoga therapy like I try to meet every person I work with in a very holistic manner and very much where they are in that moment I love that and um, I love that you really help to navigate them through that journey and you've listed some common signs and symptoms that your clients have been experiencing 
are there any other signs and symptoms of burnout that you have come across? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just like going in like, which ones? Um, so, uh, exhaustion, exhaustion is one of them. I think I mentioned that, um, just being completely to the point where your mind, your body cannot do more. Like, you're just like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done with absolutely everything. Um, and another would be, you know, having these really stressful, overwhelmed, maybe panic attacks, right? But it doesn't necessarily have to get to that point. It could be smaller, but these could be like little niggles, you know, like you're not sleeping well because you're thinking about what you have to do. Um, you could be like sitting down to do a project and you just can't focus on the project because you're like, well, you know, oh, maybe I'll do these other things first. Like that's kind of a sign that like, oh, something's coming up. Like, why am I avoiding it? Like there's something that's coming up there. Um, another could just be, um, you know, like it's not always the case, but a lot of times when we're stressed and overwhelmed, you know, our bodies are exhausted and we get like twitches, like your, your eye could start twitching, for example, or mm. like, you know, you get sort of muscle twitches because why is this happening? When we're in a stress response, um, our body is going into what's called the sympathetic nervous system. Like the sympathetic nervous system is like running high. Um, we have two parts of our autonomic nervous system, sympathetic and our parasympathetic. Our sympathetic is what like the fight, flight, freeze response. Our parasympathetic is the calm, you know, rest, digest. And so we want to have them more or less here, right? We don't want one up there. We don't want the other up there. We don't want, right? But it's like to have that homeostasis, to have that balance position, we want more or less than sort of here. And of course it's like up and down, like it's never perfect, right? Um, and so when we're in the stress response, not only is our brain going, ah, right. It's sending signals out into your body that releases hormones like cortisol that releases signals to your muscles. They're like, I need to tense up. I need to move. And so in short bursts, this is really good, right? Because it gets you out of those stressful situations. Maybe, you know, heaven forbid you ever get attacked by a bear, <laughs> For example, God forbid. you know, like your, <laughs> your body will help you move, hopefully out of that situation, right? Because it goes into that stress response and your muscles are going, oh, okay, I need to tighten up. I need to move. Um, that sort of thing. But look, another example might be, you know, you're in a stressful situation at work. You're like meeting with someone that you, you feel maybe you're not worthy of meeting and you're like, oh my gosh, like, what are they going to think about like what I, my decision is like, oh my goodness, you know? And so your body's going, oh, well, you know, you're being attacked. Um, and so your body isn't, you know, it's doing these things because it's wanting to protect you. It's wanting to get you out of harm's way. Um, and in short bursts, as I said, this is going to be a really good thing. But the, the issue is, is because our day-to-day -day life that we live in our society tends to be a lot of stressful things coming at us. And our proprioceptive system the system in our body that like looking around scanning you know the environment going oh that's danger oh no that's okay oh that's danger you know <laughs> it doesn't know when there's like proper danger or when it's just something that maybe makes us feel uncomfortable right right, right. and so it stays up there unless we're able to you know use tools to bring it back down and when it stays up there our muscles are incredibly tight all the time so um, let's do a little exercise. Do you mind? Let's go. <laughs> okay. So make a fist. All right. Make, make a really tight fist and really pulling the fingers in. Okay. Now just hold that fist as I talk for a little bit. So 
when we're in these the stress response, right, our muscles are tightening up because they're wanting us to get out of that situation, right? And when we don't let go, these muscles kind of get stuck in that situation. So we've not been holding it for very long, but little by little start to release the fingers. And you might notice that it's, it's actually kind of hard, right? It's like your fingers aren't fully wanting to release very yeah. easily, you know? And so this is our body. When we go into these stress response for long periods of time, and that was only a couple of seconds, right? When we go in these stress responses for long periods of time, those muscles get really incredibly tight. And this causes problems physically in our body. It causes problems mentally because when our muscles continue to keep that tightness, that sends signals up to the brain that something's still not right, right? So it's this negative cycle and we hold these things in our body. We hold our trauma. We hold everything unless we're able to digest it and release it. And Thank so you for that explanation. Yeah. Yeah. You're because welcome. It, it helps me to understand some of the things that I've actually been going through. My eyes twitch. And this is the reason why I was up at 6 a.m. this morning, because I was like, I don't want to oversleep and miss our interview. But now I'm thinking, oh, I didn't send the Zoom information. I didn't send the other stuff because I was celebrating my birthday. <laughs> Which I'm so glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking, OK, I want to make sure she has everything. I want to make sure, you know, I'm fully prepared. My voice isn't too raspy. You know, all these different things that I'm thinking that I need to prepare for this interview. And I wasn't super anxious about it. I was super excited about it. But I didn't have eye twitching yet. But in other instances in my life where I get really stressed about stuff, like the other day, you did mention meeting a supervisor. I had a meeting with my supervisor, his supervisor and the manager. And when that thing popped up on my calendar, I'm like, oh my God, why am I meeting with all these people? You know, I told my husband, I'm like, am I getting fired today? The meeting invite came on a Wednesday and the actual meeting was for the following Monday. And I'm like, well, if they're going to fire me, they're not going to wait till Monday and have me work like two extra days. You know, so yeah. my mind just started racing, mm -hmm. you know, so I really appreciate how you just tied that all together for me. So now mm -hmm. I understand. And then you mentioned some of this cortisol and I'm like, cortisol makes you fat. When you worry, it makes you gain weight, doesn't it? Tends to. <laughs> Tends to. No, it doesn't. Not always. But yeah, of course, you know, because your body is trying to protect itself. So, you know, one way that it thinks it can do that is through fat because fat, you know, starts to protect the organs. And um, so it makes it harder for, you know, like while our society and our like everyday life has changed a lot, our bodies are very much still in that aspect mm -hmm. of caveman, right? And so like, oh, if I have more fat, then there's going to be more covering if I get bit by, you know, that tiger or something, whatever it is. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but, you know, like so you're protecting yourself. Um, for short periods, right? Because of course that fat can lead to other issues, but you know, I want to put out there too, that just because you have fat on your body doesn't mean that that's what's causing all your issues, you know, but like right. some of those things can be very connected and correlated because of this, um, you know, holding within the body. Right. So in your opinion, what are some misconceptions people have about burnout and how do you address those misconceptions in your coaching? Um, I think one misconception that I've encountered is that, um, taking a week or two week break is going to make every difference. Like um, going on vacation? 
right yeah like oh I need to take this break um because I'm having these panic attacks um maybe I go on vacation maybe I just get a note from my doctor and I get two weeks off of work yes you probably need that if you're having those panic attacks I'm not saying you don't but the issue is that when you go back you're probably going back into the same negative cycles right so it's learning instead once again you probably do need those two weeks but during those two weeks you know allow your body to rest to to digest what's happening to start to heal again physically mentally emotionally right um but also see if you can start to put in little 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 tiny practices that help give back um every single day and it's you know maybe it's starting to create boundaries as what i was saying before like <laughs> um one of my things was you know especially when i first started working for myself like uh but also before you know oh someone like i need to do everything now like i can't like you know create like a hierarchy list nope nope someone email me i have to respond you know oh, wow. um life is going to end if i don't respond and within <laughs> the next 5 minutes um from my own personal experience it, it probably not <laughs> you they can probably wait you know at least a day um and if it can't you know like okay fine but it's you know putting in those practices of saying okay so after a certain time during a day i'm not going to respond to any emails you know yeah and some people have a problem saying no and a lot of people have a problem saying no i know mm. i was definitely one of those people like oh you need help yep i will come and do it right now Mm -hmm. you know and so it's learning how to integrate these things into your life and work life balance yes i like the term but at the same time i don't because there's there's this perception that balance means like it has to be the, exactly the same and i think right. that we need balance really should be about meeting yourself where you are and saying okay what do i need right now like maybe you're in a season of your life that you can work a lot more because you have that energy to do it mm -hmm. you know but you also need to bring in times where you have those down moments that you can rest that you can connect with your friends with your family so important social connection is so important um you know where you can move moving every single day and i don't necessarily mean like okay every single day go and work out for two hours i mean 10 minutes a day <laughs> go and move you know after sitting for three hours in front of your computer like maybe a not doing three hours but like you know <laughs> and two um and just taking a one minute break to stretch yeah you know and like these little things that we can little 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 tiny things that we can add into our life that can over the period of time make an incredible difference so you know it's one of these things that yes like and actually i was talking to someone about this the other day um and they definitely needed it uh they were having like major panic attacks um stress overload you know they're working they're doing their masters they're finishing up their you know their master's thesis um and like just couldn't do it all and so went to the doctor the doctor gave them two weeks off of work so they could finish their master's thesis which is wonderful gave um the person some medication to help them relax great but and all these things i think they're wonderful but they didn't do anything extra for themselves so that they don't go back into this again right and so they're like yeah so it's wonderful i'm great i've got these wonderful pills that are keeping me super relaxed and then i'm going to go back to work and it's all going to be like really happy and i'm like yeah okay 
I wasn't working in a you know professional aspect in this, so it's not up to me to say anything. Um, if they ask me, then I will very happily you know say my opinion. But until then, it's not my place. Um, <laughs> and you know, to me, it was like, oh, okay. Well, if they were to have asked me my opinion, good. I'm glad you got that time because you've noticed that this is not working, right? You're not managing your time well. You're overloading yourself. You're doing too much. Um, and you're not taking breaks for yourself. You're not meeting yourself where you are. You're not asking yourself, how can I, every single day, how can I give myself a little bit more? Um, how can I do something for me that will right. help me reach that balance point again? You know, and it's not always easy. It's not always easy. And when we are so disconnected from ourselves, it's very difficult because we don't notice that we're in those moments, right? Um, right? And so when you start to create this practice of every single day checking in, okay, what's one thing I can do for myself today? That starts to help you, A, reconnect with you in a compassionate way. Um, and so, you know, you're not just checking in and going, oh, yeah, I'm exhausted. Oh, well, suck it up. Yeah, you know, I have actually been going out to my vegetable garden. We've started a garden last year. I work from home. And so we made a vegetable garden um, last year. And I didn't realize how much peace it brought me to just when I take my break, I started a routine of going out. I water my plants. I talk with them. I come back in. I make me a cup of tea. I get back to work at lunch. I talk with my husband. And then my second break, I go back out, I go water them again, I come back in, I have a snack. So even those small little moments that I spend in my garden, just de-stressing or decompressing from what I'm doing, because sometimes I need to just really step away from the laptop. And um, it just really helps me so much to just come back. Yeah. So I love what you're saying, doing those small things would actually just really help you to just reel yourself back in yeah yeah exactly yeah. exactly could you discuss like any specific success stories of clients you've worked with and highlight how they were able to overcome burnout and find a healthier work-life balance yeah yeah so um uh, I have several people I'm thinking of right now but one person um in particular they had a lot of things going on for them um in their work but also in their personal life that was just too much and they were not dealing with it very well so they were working with a therapist and they also started working with me um which once again I think this is a really good way like especially if you've got a lot of story coming up and you need to talk through it you need to work through that like please go work with a therapist they are amazing they're very much there to support you um, and so what we were working on more was like, A, creating those, integrating those work-life boundaries. Um, and then also working through like, okay, where am I holding my emotions in my body? Where am I holding this stress? How can I start to release it? How can I, A, start to notice it, right? Like, oh, I'm noticing that I'm really like holding in my shoulders, I'm holding my chest, or I'm really holding the stress in my abdomen, um, or I'm clenching my jaw, right? Like we hold our stress in different places. So it depends on the person, right? But mm -hmm. like, A, like noticing, just, just noticing, oh, am I doing this? And then how, like we work together to 
saying, okay, how, how can we start releasing those things? So when you start to notice them, what are the tools that you can use to, to start release that stress? Um, and then also, you know, what are, what caused that, you know, like what are those limiting beliefs maybe that are coming up and how can we start to reframe them from mm -hmm. a, a somatic point of view? Um, so she was working on the story part with her therapist and we were working on it from like a physical somatic, like where are you holding these limiting right. beliefs and how can you release them? Like more and, of a holistic aspect. Yeah, much. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and, you know, now she, she's doing great and I'm so proud of her. Actually, oh, awesome. she is um, currently traveling and taking some time for herself. And I just I love it so much for her. Um, <laughs> Uh, and you know, she's just in a much better place. So I'm, I'm very, I'm very, very happy. That's awesome. That's a really, really good success story. So now you yourself has made it through the fire. You become this successful business leader, helping others. What do you think attributed to your success with your clients? Being me. <laughs> um, one of the things that a lot of people say is, you know, like to me is just how easy it is to work with me and just like, be honest with me because I'm honest with them. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously I don't necessarily go into my story or anything with them, but like, you know, I'm, Oh, you don't. When, what I mean is like, if I'm having like difficulty in moments, um, I'm not going to put that on them. You know, like I'm not going to load them with my stuff. I share my story in a way that helps like show them, okay, this is what I've gone through. This is how I've, you know, supported myself. But like, if I'm having a really bad week, I'm not going to be like, oh my gosh, I had this come up. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. You know, like I show up very honestly um, and I hold space very honestly. Um, and I think um, people really appreciate that, you know, when you show up as your authentic self, they are more likely to want to be their authentic selves. And um I would at least I like to believe that that is, you know, one of the qualities um, It's what people tell me. So I'd like to believe it. Uh, <laughs> one of the qualities that people really appreciate is that when they come and they work with me, they know that I'm always going to be honest with them um, in a compassionate way. And that allows them to be honest with themselves and to really meet themselves where they are. And because you're relatable as well, because you've gone through some of what they may be going through, that kind of helps them feel more comfortable sharing what their oh. experiences are with you. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. I'm yeah. sure that that is very true. Yes. So you've overcome so much. Um, if you were to write a book about your life, what would it be about? And what would you title it? Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would love to write a book about my life. And I know that you are. So I cannot wait until that comes out. Um, oh, what would I title it? I have no idea. Um, I put I... you on the spot. <laughs> I think I would talk about like my journey to really connecting and starting to love myself, mm. which I didn't do for a long time. And it's still sometimes difficult to do um, because, you know, we're, we're human beings. There's good, there's bad, and there's ugly about us. Absolutely. Um, and sometimes it's hard to acknowledge that all of those things are important Um. Yeah. And to really sit with them and be with them and allow them and, you know, not to judge ourselves for those experiences that maybe we have that are good or bad or, you know, at the time, maybe you think indifferent, then you somehow it affects you later on. And you're like, whoa, I didn't realize that at the time, you know, yeah. um, I don't know, maybe I have no idea, but being you or being me, Ooh, yeah. being Ooh. me or just being I like that <laughs> or just being. 
you know, I'm titling this episode from anxious to empower the journey of a burnout coach. Maybe that, maybe some aspect of that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So it. have you held any retreats like yoga retreats? Uh, so I do work with a mountain guide and we take people on um, hiking and yoga retreats. Um, it's called Yoga Trek Asturias. Um, yeah, it's lovely. Um, and, but these are just, I mean, it's very much about connecting with nature um, and connecting with yourself or, you know, the other, the people that maybe are there. We always have really small groups. Um, and so sometimes, you know, people bring their friends with them and sometimes they come alone. And it's just beautiful, the connection that people make because it is such a pure environment. How often it's, do you have them? Um, we do them in the summer because, uh, here up North in the winter <laughs> is, oh, yeah. uh, not nice. <laughs> it's not wet. nice here in the winter. That's for sure. I'm in Illinois. <laughs> uh, yeah. So usually we start them at the end of May and we go, um, through like most of them are between May and September. And then we usually do like one at the end of October as well. So like one or two a month. So you just do like the hike and then what you stop, do some yoga and then continue on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some, yeah, exactly. So usually we'll start off, um, wherever we start off, we'll um, like just kind of take a pause to just check in. Usually I'll just like take people through a little bit of breath work and just kind of talk about um, how the breath works mm -hmm. uh, because that is our superpower. There's so much to say about breath. Um, that's for another episode though. Um, or just <laughs> contact me and I will tell you as much as you want to know <laughs> and more probably than you want to know. Um, but, um, so I go into a little bit about breath and mainly about like breath, how a, how it, like we can use it in our day-to-day -day life, but also how we can use it on that hike. Right. And how we can use it to empower us to, to keep moving forward and that sort of thing. And, um, and then like practicing that a little bit, and then we'll, we'll move on to, we'll hike a ways. We'll move on to another beautiful spot spectacular <laughs> views like Asturias is is like the Switzerland of Spain like we have oh, wow. these stunning mountains and views that we uh, you know that we go up into and you know then we'll do like a yoga session like a more of an, a movement and breathwork session and a little bit of meditation at the end um but it's always very much geared towards the group that's there and it's also geared to like the hike that we're doing you know so if like people are feeling really tired like i do certain things i meet them where they are that's the whole point and then yeah. take them to that more balanced state so usually by the end they're feeling more energetic and they're not feeling quite as tight and then we're able to you know to make it up to the rest of the way and then right. if it's an overnight retreat cuz sometimes we just do day ones then we'll do one like with the sunset and you know very much bringing people down into more of a relaxed state and do yeah that sort of thing and then usually the the second and third day we'll do more of those movement you know if we do hiking around different areas we'll do more movement maybe they'll bring in some more just meditation without the movement and we'll maybe you know find a nice spot in the sun and do a little meditation there or we'll do like a walking meditation as well so we'll bring in that meditation and mindfulness into the actual hiking as well so sessions for the sunset, sessions for the sunrise, um, just taking it through like the whole hike, you know, going a little ways, pausing. I love it. Um, 
and then also like from like the guide point of view like he's wonderful and he goes into like the history of the area and he goes into like the flora and the fauna and explaining those different things and um I learned so much every time I go <laughs> yeah just breaking it up like that you know it makes the hike more interesting because now if you have a beginner that's never hiked they don't realize that it can be strenuous so kind of like breaking that up really makes it easier to really do that trek yeah. man we're gonna have to address my jealousy for not being in Spain on another <laughs> at another time <laughs> but before we close Tess what advice do you have for individuals that are currently experiencing anxiety or stress and want to prevent burnouts in their lives and are there any practical steps they can take yeah well I would definitely say meet yourself where you are and meet yourself with compassion be your best friend and this is not always easy to do especially when we're in uh cycles that we don't do this you know but listen to how you talk to yourself listen to that negative self-talk that many of us can be in me as well <laughs> and I'm still working on this journey for all of us <laughs> Um, and just at the beginning of the morning, like when you first wake up, maybe in your morning shower, um, you know, ask yourself, how am I doing today? Like, and scan through your body. Like, how am I doing physically? As, do I have any tension anywhere? Am I feeling tight anywhere? Am I feeling loose anywhere? You know, how am I doing emotionally, intellectually? Like just going through those layers of yourself. Um, and then ask yourself, like, what is one thing that I can do for myself today that is just that? 10 minutes that I can do for me um, and do it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And it's, it's not always easy. And I get it because, you know, you're 10 minutes on one hand, it doesn't seem like it's a lot of time, but on the other hand, you know, it also can seem like, oh my gosh, how could I fit that into my schedule? Cause I'm so busy, you know? So it's, as I said earlier, you know, you can plan it into your schedule. You can have like a fixed time. So it's a habit, you know, maybe it's that first thing you do in the morning. Maybe it's something that you do in the middle of your day. Um, maybe something you do in the evening, get someone to help you to show up for yourself, ask for support. Yeah. Um, and you know, that could be a family member that could be a friend that could be a therapist or a coach, like whoever it is, ask for support. Also, when you feel like you're in those really anxious moments, help yourself come back into you. Um, when we are in our anxious moments, we're in the past, we're in the future. We are not in the present. So when we come back to the present, we release all of that. Stress does not exist in the present. So how can we do that? There's a tool that I really like to use for myself. And I know it's really helpful for other people. People might know about it already. It's called the five senses tool. And you can use your hand, um, if that's available for you, you know, you can go, okay, what are five things that I can see? So you look around your space. What are five things that I can see? Four, what are four things that I can hear, right? So you listen to your space. And maybe the last thing that you listen for is you. Can I hear my own breath, right? Three, what are three things that I can uh, smell? Excuse me, touch. What are three things that I can touch? And that's not necessarily with your hand. That's like, okay, I can feel my clothes on my body. I can feel my feet on the ground. You know, I can touch whatever it is. Maybe you're holding, you know, a warm mug. Oh, I can feel the warmth of the mug um, of my drink, whatever it is, or the cool of the water bottle, like whatever it might be, right? Mm -hmm. Two, what can I smell? Um, Okay. If any of these senses that if they are not available for you, that's okay. You know, just skip that one. 
Um, and I say this because I know some people with COVID, they lost their sense of smell. Not everyone has right. gotten it back. But, you know, we all have different abilities and some of those senses just aren't available. So, you know, just meet yourself once again where you are. Um, and then the last one, is there anything that you can taste? Like maybe you have a mug and you take in, you know, drink or something and you're like, okay, yeah, what can I taste? What can I taste in that drink? But also like maybe just noticing the flavor of whatever last you ate in your mouth or whatever it is, right? Um, and the whole idea is to bring you from out here because you're already out here and to bring you back into your body, right? To really bring you back into the present. Um, and, you know, that's when we take our, those moments to really tune into our surroundings, to tune into how we are connecting with our surroundings, that brings us back to the present. So it doesn't have to be just that. There's loads of other tools, but that is one really, really love that too. helpful tool. I love that too, because when you wake up in the morning and you're brushing your teeth or brushing your hair or whatever, you can totally do all those things right where you are. You don't exactly. have to take any extra time to do it at all. That's amazing, Tess. I really appreciate that. Where can people find you on your social networks? Well, I'm on uh, a lot of them, <laughs> um, but uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook are like the ones that I'm really connected on. Um Twitter I'm on but I don't tend to go on it um <laughs> so Instagram Facebook or LinkedIn that's where you can find me a Tess Jewelerson or Tess Jewelerson coaching but really just put Tess Jewelerson in I'm sure it'll come up because I have a very unique name <laughs> yes you do yes I love it well Tess this has been so much fun and I'm so glad that we were introduced I've learned so much. Um, I'm definitely going to use the five senses. I think that'll really be perfect for me because I'm always trying to, um, even when I'm in my office space here, have those five senses. So my wall is purple and I have my candles and, you know, I like to have a view, even though my view is of the neighbor's house, I like to be able to see outside. So I'm always yeah. really in tune with that. So it was just perfect. So now I feel like I was actually doing something for myself without even knowing right. that I was doing something for myself. So I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for holding space with me and being flexible to record on a Sunday as well. Oh, you know, thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so happy to be here. It's been really wonderful to talk with you and to share with you. Yeah, I think um, my listeners are going to be so amazed with all the things that you've shared. I think it's so, so valuable to everything. And especially, like you said, you know, a lot of people are still recovering from COVID and all the different things that they're going back, maybe processing, going back into the office where they've been working remote. There's a lot of people that really need to just reduce their stress. There would be less road rage. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> a lot of gratitude lately. So I really appreciate you coming on here and just dropping all your nuggets, drop the mic, everything. Well, thank you again. I'm really happy that I had the chance to be here. Oh, you're welcome. Well, we will talk soon. Peace and blessings. Thank you for supporting this episode. I hope you've been inspired and motivated so you can elevate your life. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you're kept in a loop when a new one drops. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcasting platform. I want to engage with you, so let me know what you think by giving the episode a rating, writing a review, or leaving a voice message, and I can share them in an upcoming episode. Now remember to also share this with your tribe. Until next time, remember, overcoming adversity not only teaches us a lot about ourselves, others, and life, 
but also gives us the opportunity to be reminded of our own power and strength. So don't be afraid to share your story. And when you're ready to do so, email saveoursisters2020 at gmail.com. Thank you.